Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. It's a joy to have you with us today. Pastor Ed leads Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Pastor Ed Young continues our Seven Senses of Marriage series as we enrich our marriages. In today's message titled Anchored, we examine the significance of what we choose to hold on to. This program is just a glimpse of what Pastor Ed has to offer. From global missions to his latest inspirational books and daily devotionals, there's something for everyone. You can find all of this and more at edyoung.com. And here's an exclusive offer for our listeners today. Download a free chapter of Pastor Ed and Lisa's newest book, A Path Through Pain, at edyoung.com. With refreshing vulnerability and power, A Path Through Pain shares their family's journey from sorrow and anger to hope and healing after the tragic and sudden loss of their daughter. As they share their incredible perspective, they will inspire and equip you to believe that there is purpose in your pain, even if you can't see that purpose yet. Now, let's get into today's message. Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. I had the opportunity to grow up across the, really as a dirt road, uh, and, and across the dirt road from where I grew up was this lake. It was about, I don't know, 25 acres. This lake was really windy. We even called it Wind Lake. So when I was younger, I had a little rowboat and I, I really wanted to have an anchor. I needed an anchor because this lake, Wind Lake, was pretty deep. So I remember I, I found some clothesline. I, I read this somewhere. Some of you don't know what that is. You'll have to Google that. Some clothesline. And I, I, I kind of measured it out just by looking and, and guessing how, how deep the lake was. And then I got a Clorox bottle, put some sand in it, and that would be my anchor. And of course, the clothesline would be the anchor rope. Left my house, walked across the dirt road, through the woods, made it to the rowboat, tied the clothesline to the rowboat put the anchor, Clorox bottle, in the boat and paddled out against the winds in the middle of the lake. I'm like, okay, now I can throw the anchor overboard and I can have some, some stability. I can stay in one place even though the winds hit and all of that. So I threw the anchor overboard and I still found myself being blown all over the lake. And I looked down, and as I peered down into this coffee black water, I could see that the anchor, the Clorox bottle, was just about five feet off of the bottom. And the sand began to dissipate from the Clorox bottle, so I'd made a, a very dumb mistake. I'd, I'd misjudged the length of the clothesline. I'd misjudged the depth of the lake. I didn't really have a secure anchor, and I was blown all over the lake that day. So don't make an anchor with clotheslines and Clorox bottles. That's your take home. <laughs> when it comes to life, especially when it comes to marriage, isn't it true that so many of us are using clotheslines and Clorox bottles to try to secure our marriages, to try to remain steadfast in the currents and the rogue waves that hit. I'm here to tell you, if you have the right anchor, your marriage can soar. If you have the right anchor, 
It'll give you stability and strength even when the rogue winds hit, even when these waves come out of nowhere, even all of the elements, or you might say elements that, that come our way in this relationship called marriage. I'm telling you, if you have the right anchor, great things will happen. In the book of Hebrews, chapter six, verse 19 tells us that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And of course that hope is the person of Jesus Christ. No one gets married expecting divorce. In fact, when we say I do, we are planning for sometimes unrealistic expectations, but we're planning for perfection, all, um, nirvana, all of these things. And yet within that, we never think about divorce. And yet as life goes on, the I do's bring us to what we call the pronoun of we. Everything is about we, us, we as a couple. In fact, the book of Genesis says the two shall become one. And so we have moved from individuals to we. But when those rogue waves and winds hit and the troubles come and the difficulties, we find ourselves slowly taking steps away. And we abandon the we and move toward the I. Recently, I had a conversation with a woman who deals in marriages and therapy, and she was talking to me, and I said, tell me what would be the number one issue that leads to divorce. She said, we as couples, or couples who are struggling, go from the idea of selflessness to selfishness. They abandon we, and move to I. And Lisa, what's so interesting about marriage is, and I've done so many weddings, you have a bride and a groom looking at each other, starry-eyed, looking into the future. And believe me, marriage is great if you're willing to work and do what, what, what the Lord wants you to do and you have the right anchor. It can be amazing. But looking at these people saying, you know, I do and kissing and going to the honeymoon and all that, no one would go, hey, in just a few short years, maybe a decade or two, they're gonna be at each other's throats and they're gonna to have to call in the lawyers to pick up the pieces. It's, it's really diabolical when you think about it, but there, there are also some indicators, Lisa, yep. and some things that, that we can do. It starts though with the anchor, Jesus Christ, because without the gospel, it's just not, you're not gonna have that foundation for reconciliation. You're not gonna have that foundation for oneness, for selflessness. We've, we've been um, 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 looking at some of the things that cause divorce, and these are some indicators that all couples deal with in one form or another. The first is criticism. Yeah, last week we spoke about communication and what's involved in communication. It's the exchange of information, affirmation, and confrontation. But what happens when we're in confrontation mode, yes. we tend to go into criticism mode. And rather than dealing with the what, we start attacking the who. And we attack the core character of the person when, when we're critical, and, and it's the who 
not the what, you know? So in other words, we begin to tear down the personality, the, the character of our spouse rather than building in affirmation and support. So with that's uh, in effect, there's the antithesis of it that, that, that the Lord wants us to operate and that is the reveal. Yeah, he wants us to reveal the definite problem or the issue at hand, the real issue. Not against the person, but what is the real issue? We talked last week about uh, what, it, what was the percentage of, of resolvable versus unresolvable issues? Unresolvable issues in marriage, 69% of all marriages deal with issues that you're not going to solve totally and completely. Yet the other, like the 31%, are definitely solvable. It doesn't mean that you, that you have horrible, a horrible marriage all the time. It means there's compromise, it means they're sharing, but that's where the whole selflessness comes in, which happened to be my, my issue yesterday. yesterday. So instead of criticizing, reveal the real issue and determine, is this a solvable issue or is this one that we need compromise on and say, okay, this is how we're going to move forward in this situation. The other one is contempt. And this is, we're, lead, we're, all, kind, of we're kind of leaning toward, leading toward in, in these, a step toward deeper and deeper trouble yeah. in marriage. So you might begin with criticism and then it moves toward contempt. And contempt is, is like, okay, I'm here and you're there. My, my spouse is beneath me. You, you know that kind of vibe? You, you, you know, that, marriage, that marriage can create power struggles. Usually it's over sex, money, and control. Would those be the things? It's, yes, PMS. It's power, money, and sex. And sex. Okay, I'll left sex out. No one laughed at that, PMS. No, that PMS, okay. I've said it before, but it's still funny to laugh at it again. You know, but, a good joke is like a good song. You but don't marriage hear... issues can be over control about who gets to decide what, yeah. about power. And so contempt begins when you feel like you're the powerful one and their opinion, your spouse's opinion means nothing. You give no value to what they bring to the relationship. And this is like one of those slow moves. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's faster, but moving from criticism to contempt. So the opposite of of contempt would be respect. We respect, I, this is um, something that you've talked about. We don't always respect how a person is behaving, but we respect the position that they hold. We're talking about our spouse. I'm talking about my husband, or you're talking about your wife. This is a person who holds a position in your relationship that demands respect. Mm -hmm. And that is the opposite of contempt. Yes, it is. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We're halfway through today's incredible message, and we hope it's been an inspirational part of your day. As we pause for a moment, we want to thank you for joining us and for your continued support. This ministry, focused on sharing the gospel, is possible because of listeners like you. As a token of our gratitude for supporting The Creative Connection, we have a special gift for you. We'd love to send you a complimentary copy of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young's newest book, A Path Through Pain. This is a powerful book they wrote after the sudden death of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth. They share profound truth that even in the darkest moments, pain and joy can coexist. To receive your free copy, visit edyoung.com. 
It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. And if today's message has touched your heart, consider supporting us. Your contributions, no matter the size, help us continue spreading God's word and bring hope to many. Visit edyoung.com to learn how you can make a difference. Now, let's continue with today's message. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. And then another one, Lisa, would be cancel. You know, we live in a cancel culture. I'm sure you've been canceled before. I've been canceled before. I shared with you a while back, I wrote a book um, about a year and a half ago, and I was very excited because I was gonna be on this platform where four million people was gonna watch this interview with uh, myself and this person. Well, this person, just cancel me the day before the interview because of things that, that we stand for at Fellowship Church, the Word of God, marriage is between one man and one woman. So this person canceled me over issues like that and it hurts, it still hurts. That can even happen in marriage. We can cancel one another and, and that's like the ultimate. That's when the anchor is yeah. way off the bottom and we're being blown across the lake. Because to cancel your spouse means that you have finally come to that point where you just disregard them completely. You turn your back on the relationship, you begin to move further and further away. And the um, antithesis to this is reconciliation. And that's where the anchor comes yeah, in. That's, that's when we the, have the anchor of Jesus Christ, yes. Jesus is our model for reconciliation. So if I call myself a Christ follower and I don't rush to forgive, now there are varying degrees of pain, suffering, hurt, marital discord, we know that. But there has to be a spirit of reconciliation in every relationship and it is left upon us those of us who have a relationship with Jesus who have been forgiven do you realize what would have happened if Jesus had canceled us turned his back on us would it look well wow, you're starting us? to preach that's but that's what is that's yes. what we should be reminded right. of when we have this temptation to cancel our, our spouse. Yes, yes, and, and, and it's all about that reconciliation. Lisa, I remember when our kids were, were, were small, you know, when I say small, they were uh, going to school, and, and we would take them to school. We had to drive across this, this dam, this bridge. So oftentimes there, there were arguments, et cetera, who's Most riding shotgun, whatever, Most blah, of the blah, time. blah, yeah. And then, inevitably, I, I would just go, quiet. No one talk anymore unless you have something great to say. So we would just ride in silence for a while. And inevitably, as we were crossing the bridge over the dam, I would hear this, I'm sorry. And then there, there would be, believe it or not, reconciliation among the siblings. Yes. So we began to call that the dam, D-A-M, bridge, of forgiveness, of reconciliation. So in marriage, things can damn up your marriage. Things can, can, can mess your marriage up. In fact, the enemy wants to mess your marriage up. Our culture is anti-marriage. So regularly, we have to understand the bridge that God built to man, and that bridge is Jesus. Yet we have the free will to cross it or not. When we cross it, we become Christ followers. 
then in this relationship, we have to keep on crossing it amongst uh, spouses and our families and everything. So those are just three markers yes. of, of, of divorce, Lisa. And all of us though, in marriage, and this sometimes shocks people, all of us deal with the same issues. And I'll say this over and over. Every marriage here deals with the same conflicts, the same selfishness or selflessness. But there's, there's a lot of transitional times. This summer, we were talking to a lady that represents us. She's a book agent for, for some of our books. And we were talking about writing a book on pain because as some of you know, most of you know, our daughter a week ago, I mean, th this week, a year ago, suddenly and tragically passed away. So she was asking us about pain, how do you deal with pain? And we were talking to her about that subject and, and she was like, you guys need to write a book on this subject. Then the next thing, Lisa, you talked about too, to, to um, our friend who helps us in, in writing, about, you talked to her about having multiples. Twins. We have twins, the Twin Towers. And I didn't know right this, but. When I was pregnant yeah. with the twins, I mean, we were, I mean, I was huge, massive, large. I broke the girth record at our gynecologist office, you know, for the size of what was to come. Yeah, and I mean, so, it, was, it was, I mean, I wish I would have, I wish I could catch a largemouth bass with that kind of <laughs> but anyway, girth. That'd be, it'd be a world record. The week, I mean, you look great. I'm just saying you, to you that. Thank you. It, I, listen, I'm fully aware. It was aware. unbelievable. I'm fully aware. But the week before the uh, twins were scheduled to be born, you know, their due date, um, this magazine came because it was around Father's Day. And this magazine went on about what fathers desire from their home life. And one of them <laughs> was peace and tranquility. Woo. And I was like, okay, we've got a toddler who's just turned three. We have a seven-year-old who's upset about all of it. And we have twins who are going to be born next week. And in the middle of our den, there were two swings, there's two play mats, there's two high chairs, there's two of everything. This is not going to be a place of tranquility. I'm, I'm certain of that. So this was a huge time. And I even read about the statistics of divorce increasing yes. after multiple. So I'm like, oh boy, we got to dog doo doo is nothing compared, compared to, to that. Stage. Nothing. Wow. Talk about diapers. Woo. Then fast forward several years later, and I didn't even throw into that whole mix mm -hmm. here, is we made a major move by leaving Houston when Lee Beth was a baby and coming to Dallas to start Fellowship Church. Yeah, and, and That's a massive thing. A lot of people don't know, okay, starting a church, it's like starting a business. And we started with zero. So you wanna talk about stress? Here we come up here, 30 families. The average age is about 60. And I remember rejoicing when our offerings were like near $1,000. I remember when we bought our first Type writer. I know a lot of you don't even know what that is. Major, major stress Transition. because 85% of church plants fail. Let me say that again. 85% fail. So we're dealing with this, and I'm not whining, I'm just, you know, speaking These are just the truth transitions. And shaming the devil. So we're we're dealing with all of this while these things are happening. And then we go into Landra, fast forward it a little bit. One of our twins struggled with an eating disorder at, a, at the end of her high school years. Um, that was a huge thing going through with her. Then 
several years later, we discovered that Lee Beth, our oldest daughter, had an addiction um, and severe depression. And her addiction was alcohol. And then ultimately, a year ago, that ended in her death. Nobody plans for that. Nobody thinks about not just the transitions, but it could end in a transition like that. That is what we call an out of order death. It was my prayer that as we shared this with you guys and all of these things over the past 40 years that Ed and I could stand here today as we did a year ago when we told the story initially and tell you that God is Amen. faithful. That's right. We stood here last year and said it. We stood here on this stage and said it, and we talked about how we were leaning into him, and I wanna tell you without hesitation that though this year has been the hardest year of our lives, no God doubt. has moved in our lives in ways that we cannot fathom, we cannot explain, and I'm talking about beautiful ways, gorgeous ways, eternal ways, where Ed and I step back and go, God, thank you. And I cannot explain that. No. I cannot explain that, but I will tell you that when Jesus is your anchor, everything changes. That's right. Everything changes. That's right. And Lucy, you know, I've, I've seen it too. And again, I obviously would love to have Lee Beth back compared to what we've, what we've gone through. But I, I, I've seen, I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I've seen God move in our church since her death like I've never seen before in the 32 year history of, of, of Fellowship Church. And one of the things, Lisa, about going through a crisis or, or a time of pain like, like we have experienced during this, on one hand, nightmarish year, it, it, it like it draws you together at first when the when the um, tragedy strikes, whatever it is, just name the tragedy. It draws you closer to one another. However, then as we've discovered, you begin to grieve or process pain in your own way, and that's when it can get dangerous, honey. Yes. So one of the things that Ed and I have come to understand is first and foremost. When people say, I just can't imagine, I mean, how do you prepare for something like this? Well, I will tell you, you can. Say that again, that's, that's, I, that's A powerful. lot of people, well-meaning, said, oh, you just can't prepare for something like this. And I was the first to say, oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And then it, I, it dawned on me, yes, you can. As horrific, as awful, as terrible as this has been, you can. I equate it to depositing money into a bank account and it's drawing interest. And you deposit, and you deposit, and you deposit, and then one day you might need to use the interest for something, maybe an unexpected event happens, or I don't know what, but you have to deep dig or dip into it. That's what you do with your faith. You deposit faith by consistency in your walk with mm -hmm. Jesus, by studying his word yes. every day on your own, not because it's a duty, but because it's how That's you right. get life. 
You study his word. You are involved in church. You serve, you share, you sow. You do all those things that we talk about and they sound really, you know, catchy and all of that. But as Ed said, this is serious. That's how we have made a deposit so that this year we drew from it. We drew completely from it. You can do that. Yes. Thank you for being with us today on The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We hope this message has empowered you to stand firm in your faith and to shepherd your family with wisdom and courage. Your role is pivotal in nurturing a God-honoring environment, and it's our prayer that you would feel supported and equipped in this journey. Your support is so important in helping us share the gospel of Jesus with a hurting world. As a token of our gratitude, we're offering you a free copy of A Path Through Pain by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young. Visit edyoung.com to claim your book and learn more about how you can support Ed Young Ministries. Save the date for our upcoming session as we dive further into Pastor Ed Young's series, Seven Senses of Marriage. In the upcoming discussion on Recipe for Romance, we'll explore how setting the scene for romance can transform the environment and contribute to the development of a healthy, intimate marriage. Stay connected with us at edyoung.com for more great content and ways for you to be part of what God is doing through the Creative Connection. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.